I'm your international homeboy, the incredible DJ360. In the words of DMC, I've stood on many stages and held many mics. I've also rocked crowds around the world on the two turntables. I'm here to share my experiences with music and education with you. And it's your boy Cool Rock, a.k.a. Cool Rock Steve from the legendary Fat Boys. I got the hit albums, I got the hit movies, I got all that. Welcome, Welcome to 360 University. to the people out there once again this is the 360 university podcast we're back in the area beating on your headphones beating on your eardrums and we in the sound waves we in the uh uh what is it the, the stratosphere man we in the we in web space we back in it it's episode 12 <laughs> what's up cool we in the place man we in the house for sure oh uh, yeah man we had a little layoff but we're back we're back at it yeah the holidays we're are over <laughs> we back man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, spring break. You know it's spring break and spring. Uh, man and um you know I got I double A twenty coming up. Ooh, hey, I hope there's some people in the stands, cool, because from what I'm seeing with this this coronavirus man that's that's making its way around the right. the globe, um I'm hearing that, you know, uh they they suggesting to the NCAA that they go ahead and play in front of unpacked arenas. I mean, nobody in the in the stands. And I believe there was a game that was played either yesterday or the day before where there was nobody in the stands, man, college basketball. Wow. Um, That's crazy. I know they asked, asked LeBron James yesterday on ESPN. Yeah. What did he think about that? He said he wouldn't do it. Yeah, he said, I ain't I'm doing not that. Playing, like, I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that. I mean, what is what is it? What is an NBA game with nobody in the stands? You make a You make a shot. The home crowd is supposed to go crazy, or whatever the case is, and then you you, right. you hear nothing except for your maybe your your teammates' uh, applause. And, and yeah, that's that's not a cool. Nah. I think it's a baseball game like that two years ago. I think in Baltimore they played with no fans in the audience. And it was just um, it was just weird. Yeah, it was like awkward. You know, at the same time, we're thinking about it. You know, this is a very serious issue as far as a coronavirus is concerned. Novel coronavirus. Um, you know they. And and you know of course, the the, the um, Center for D- Disease Control and the government and all that n- local and national government. Of course, they're going to do everything they can to protect the American people and the people of particular cities. Um, so this is just one right. way that they're suggesting that we do it. But you know, from a fan's perspective, from just a humanistic point of view, and just everyday, you know, experiences, people don't want to go to a. Uh, empty stadium to play, you know what I'm saying? Athletes don't want to do that, man. So, we'll yeah, see. I think I think what, yeah, I mean, I, I hate to be one of those conspiracy theorists kind of people, but um, you know, a lot of things are um, built um, specifically for investments, 
stopped. You know, so I'm gonna leave it at that. You yeah. Know, um, yeah. It, it's just, you know, what I'm saying? So it, it's it's just, um, I don't know. You know, what I'm saying I, I just don't know. It's yeah. just, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, man. Um, speaking of the coronavirus, though, as a whole, man, it's just. Um, it's making its way around the globe, you know, pandemic, epidemic, just sickness. And, uh, right. and uh, you know, I watch the news every morning and um, I try not to watch the news at night because I don't want to go to sleep with that so much negativity in, in, in my in my mind or whatever. So I watch the news in the morning and um, they, they gave us some basic instructions on how to kind of protect ourselves, you know, wash your hands for 20 seconds and. When you're done washing your hands, put on maybe, you know, a sanitizer that's alcohol-based. And then, you know, right. if, if you don't... I think something that should be done anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> like, I mean, it's common sense. Wash your hands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Right, just do just do the basic necessities of life and you should be fine, you know. Um, right. Stay six feet away from a person that's sick, that's visibly sick. Or, you know, if you sneeze or cough, do it into your, your elbow or inside your coat or your shirt or something. You know, just the the natural things that you would do in any situation. You know, some people don't do it though. You know, there's some people out there around the world that, you know, just don't have that, that, that teaching or that upbringing, man. It's, and people out there, this is, let's just be honest. People do disgusting things sometimes. Like I seen the video of the man, the Asian gentleman on the elevator intentionally infecting the, the elevator. Just, he sneezed and whatever he did and smeared it on the buttons of the elevator so that other people yeah. can touch it. it. I mean, just people like that are the exceptions to the rule of having common sense. You know what I'm saying? So, but but right. in your everyday life, just do your best to just stay healthy, stay safe. Don't touch your face without washing your hands. Stuff like that, man. So, I don't want right. to I don't want to minimize it. You know, make it sound like it's just nothing to do, nothing to it, but common sense. Yeah, exactly. That's the key word, common sense. You know, you can't just go around just going inside of a public bathroom of all places and not washing your hands before you come out. <laughs> come on, man. You know. Come on. And in and, and, and Washington State, I heard there's at least 10, 10 plus, I think it's up to 14 um, deaths that were Yeah, reported. they closed a couple of schools. Um, they closed the school Friday um, from um, somebody's parent who had it. The school was closed. I haven't heard of any kind of... Um, casualties you know god forbid there is or any but i haven't heard any casualties just heard people who have the virus yeah you know yeah and this quarantine you know there's quarantines and there's you know um, ships pulling up to these docks and on the west coast and san francisco and oakland and not letting people off of this the boats and you know oh man it's made its yeah. way to texas and all across the country so one thing about america we always got something going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always, right? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, the country that never sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> right. Man, so, man, we're going to name this this episode cool. What's going on? You know what I'm saying? In the words of the legendary Marvin Gaye, rest in peace. What's going on, man? It's, you know, we we about to talk about a lot of things that are going on in the world. Um, locally, different states around the country, you know. So everybody that's listening out there, you know, um, over the next week or so, just chime in with us. Let us know what's going on in your part of the country, your part of the world, in your city, and, you know, touch down with us. Um, uh, you know, reach us at 360upod at gmail.com, um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 360 University uh, one on all those platforms, and, 
you know, man, we, we, we're constantly growing. Um, Spotify, we're all over the place. Anywhere people listen to uh, podcasts, we are there. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to say this again. The YouTube page is coming. So <laughs> just be patient with us, guys, um, as we as we figure this part out um, with the YouTube page. It will be there. It'll have right. it'll be full of content, um, visuals, and Cool and I are, are, you know, we're definitely planning to do some things remotely where we might be um, broadcasting from a different city. So be be aware. Right. We're coming to a city near you. Um, so, but yeah, man, um, there's a bunch of things going on, man. Oh, man, you heard about, uh, you, you, we, we were just talking off the air. Um, the, the situation in Brooklyn, man, uh, uh, the young yeah. lady that, that, that got jumped by a mob of teenagers. Um, this is your neck of the woods, Brooklyn, man. Let's talk about it. Yeah, um, Crown Heights, Brooklyn. Um, 14 to 17-year-old boys, um, maybe 19 to 20 of them, they... They jumped, stomped, and left unconscious a 15-year-old girl. Um, these are black males. This is a black female. And they robbed her. They robbed her of her sneakers, a debit card. It was all caught on, on video. Um, wow. And everybody's outraged about this because this is, this is our youth. This is our future. Right. You know, this is the future of this country and, and you know, you, you don't know who's in that crowd. Who might be the next mayor or governor or whatever. Exactly. Um, so it, it, it's a really disturbing video. It's a, it's disturbing because we come from a we come from a background. A lot of us come from background where we came from strict parents. My parents were strict. My father, he ruled with an iron fist. You would have thought my father was a a, a, a sergeant in the army or something, and he he didn't play around. Um, and we needed that. I came from a family of nine people, five boys, four girls. And growing up in a place like East New York, Brooklyn, you definitely needed that. You needed that, that male guidance. Right. And you know, right. He, he was strict. He was strict and he was fair. You know, he wasn't abusive in the least bit. But he was, he would get on you when he had to. He had to set you straight. And I'm looking at the, these individuals who are doing all this beating and robbing of this young, this young female. And I don't know what what the um the the home life is like, you know. I don't know if they have to, um a two parent home at, at home or or whatever the case may be. The thing is that um they were led down the wrong the wrong path because they were listening to each other <laughs> as opposed to listening to somebody that's saying you're going down the wrong path. You right. understand? So right. Um, it, it's a sad situation right now. It, it looks really bad. It definitely on, does on the black youth. Yeah, I had an opportunity to watch the video and, you know, read a little bit about the article. And, um, of course, these are all youth, so they're not going to spend any time in jail, you know. Um, but right. they will be released, or they have been, if not um, um, thus far. And um, it looks like, you know, the ones that were apprehended, I think it was about five of them, but they're still looking for 14 more that were involved exactly that's a lot of that's, that's a, a lot, lot of people yeah um, up on one person one girl even if she was the worst person yeah. on the planet at least i mean this is the worst i mean this is not 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 a good look especially on a young black man right you know what i'm saying um uh but the parents you see are, the thing here is this let me just i'm sorry for cutting you off the thing nah, is it's the slight that they're having in the courtroom as far as oh you got to go home you're going back home you got you're in the curfew but if you go back to 1989, where they charged um, the, the the Central Park Five young men who were like right. 
right. ages from 16 to, to 17 years old. And I think one was even 14. And there was no going back home. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you, it's just, what I'm saying is that the connection to the complexion is totally different. Mm, mm. I'm not wishing bad on these young black men, like, throw the book at him, throw him all in jail. I'm just saying, you got to enforce some kind of, um, enforce something as far as is, 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 waking, is waking these guys up. Because if they get off with just a pat on the back, like, hey, don't you do that again, this is going to keep happening. Because right. they're going to look at it like, hey, if I'm 14 or 17, they're not going to do anything to me. Right. And, you understand? And, and, that's, and, and as long as I'm doing it to my own people, they they're re- not going to do anything. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's what it seems like is happening. The, 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 the slap on the wrist, because the, it says the judge um, actually get, only gave them curfews and they have to stay away from the victim. Those were their only legal ramifications. You know what I'm saying? And uh, me being African-American, you being African-American, it's not like we saying that they need to be um, thrown under the jail. But I think uh, something this serious where the girl could have actually lost her life. Um, right. I think they need to be dealt with a, li- uh, a little more forcefully um, when it comes to the legal um, consequence, just so they can see that these are these are some of the type of things you can't get away with at all. Now, I don't care how old right. you are, you know, um, and right. I even read even further in the article where the, mo- the mother of one of the one of the boys um, um, was very mad. You know, what I'm saying she was very upset and said she wanted to kill her, her damn kill him her damn self. You know, what I'm saying. But right. So, so, so what we saying is people that are listening to the 360 University podcast, when you do shit like this, it comes back to you. And we all need to yeah. know that if we're parents and we got young men or young ladies who are out there in this teenage group from 14 to 17, um, they are like, like cool said a couple minutes ago, they are the future of this country in 20 years when they're, uh, 34, 37, 40 years old, who's, who knows what capacity they will be serving in your community. And, you know, if they're trying right. to be a mayor or whatnot, then they're going to roll back and listen to these stories of what they did as a kid. They may not win that particular electoral right. race because of this blemish. So let's try to keep our kids as best. One little mistake in life can last a lifetime. Yes. You know? Yeah. That, that, that's just the, that's the fact of life for anybody at any age. One little mistake in life can last a lifetime. Right. You yeah. Know? All and the good you've done could be flushed down the drain by one negative act. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, so it's very important that we, you know, we're diligent with our kids. And even if they're not your kids right. per se, personally, you know, right. it, it takes a village. So hopefully the village is still intact to where we don't see um, little Jimmy or uh, Kevon walking down the street and let him just uh, raise hell up and down the block. And we don't say anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We got to yeah. pull the coattail. And then, you know, back in the days, you know. We had that same story. You get out there and somebody catch you doing something, they're going to check you. You get oh, home, yeah. your parents check oh, you yeah. again, you know? So yeah, that's how we were raised. They, you know? come, they, they, they call it snitching now, but yeah. back then, they didn't care about snitching on you. No. They'll go right to your house and say, your son's down there acting like a damn idiot. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, let, I'll go get him. Yeah, yeah. And while they're coming down the block, they're walking and talking and having a conversation. And your mother's holding a belt or a switch or a extension cord to whip your ass. Yes, really. You know, but, <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I heard a police officer say one time while he was talking to a group of youth, he said, your parents are responsible for that side of the door, meaning the inside of the house. They taking care of right. you and, doing, and disciplining you on that side of the door. 
And when you get on this side of the door, meaning outside of the house, it's my job to protect the society from you if you're that bad. So right, you, exactly. And and I exactly. said, damn, that was that was something cool for the kids to hear to let them know. Okay, all right, all right. I don't care how strict my parents are, they're doing what's in my best interest, so I don't have to see officer um, whoop de whoop later. You know what I'm saying? And, and right. slap me in cuffs and break my wrist and break my arm and slam me on the car. I'd rather, you know get my consequence on the other side of the door, do what I got to do, repent, um, f uh, forgive, whatever I need to do on the inside of my house and let my parents deal with that rather than the law deal with it on this side. So, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, because, listen, I feared my parents Me too. more than any cop or bully yeah. walking this planet. Yeah. I did not want to go and face them. Right. I would rather go to Rikers than go face my <laughs> damn parents. So it was like, no way. <laughs> I know <laughs> that's right. Right. And even to this day, I'm in my 40s, and I don't want to disappoint my parents. I don't want to be in a different right. state or anywhere on online or something, and my parents see that their child um, or their son is doing something that they didn't teach them when they were young. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to disappoint right. my parents, you know, um, even though I, I have the ability as a grown man to do whatever in the world I want to do, even make a wrong decision. I have my choice to do that. But I just got to understand that there are ramifications and consequences to every action, whether they're positive or negative. So... Hopefully these youngsters uh, um, understand that between now and the t before it's too late, man. So right, definitely. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully, I mean they're fourteen to seventeen years old. They're still they're still children. Right. You know? um, right. They're not old enough to do anything yet. Um, vote, you know, go to the army, anything. So hopefully they'll learn from this. Um, hopefully they'll see the video, see how how stupid and, and ignorant they look, and won't do it again. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. Because if they don't, if they don't see the error of their ways now, they're never going to learn. And if 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 you hold back from disciplining them in any kind of way, because um, there's no way I'll be sitting down at home. Um, if had that been me, it wouldn't have been me. But there's no way I'd be sitting down at home. First of all, I couldn't sit down. You know, I'd be probably laying down. There's no way I'd be sitting down. Right. That that stench cord probably been <laughs> probably looked like Kuta Kente from Roots. Right. So it, 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 exactly. there's no way it would have happened, you know. And you know what? I think a couple of the boys, at least one of them, um, it was mentioned in an article that, um, you know, I think he and his mom talked about, you know, the situation. And she left to run some errands. By the time she came back home, he wasn't there. And he he uh, appara wow. apparently went and turned himself in. You know what I'm saying? So I think he was thinking wow. about it and he wanted to just you know, clear himself up and, and show and pay his debt to society and, you know, age appropriate debt that was paid. So whatever they did, the worst they got was a curfew and stay away from the victim. But at the same time, you still got to deal with that girl's family or some cousins or whatever. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it ain't all sweet yeah. just because the the, the the legal system didn't get involved too heavy, but you still got to deal with the streets. So hopefully everything turns right. out well. We This is episode 12. We talking about what's going on. We'll be right back.
Shout out to Marvin Gaye. He left us with so many timeless classics. And that was one of them, you know, talking about what was going on back then. And we talking about what's right. going on right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, record labels, 360 deals, right. um, uh, ambition, um, good product, business, 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 music industry, the music business, Megan the Stallion, man. What's going on? Yeah. Man? Oh man, out there in Houston, it's it's a mess right now. Hopefully, they'll get this um, resolved soon. But right. you know, in a, in a nutshell, you know, Megan was signed to one label, um, you know, and and was doing her thing independently. Then she needed some distribution, get her music on a larger scale. So she signed with another independent label. She gained so much attention that um, you know a, a major management company. Uh, came across and scooped her up. So we talking about 1501 out there in Houston. We talking about 300 Entertainment, and then we talking about Rock Nation. You know what I'm saying? So um, apparently, uh, you know, Megan is trying to renegotiate her contract and get what's due to her. But um, you know, things kind of getting a little messy out there, man. So I mean, when it comes to record labels, cool. Um, I've never signed a major label contract or anything like that. What do, What do you think is uh, some of the most important things that an artist, being that you've been in a situation before, and we talked in a couple of episodes ago about, you know, when you right. guys were reading over your contract, you were in the park, and you seen this guy who turns out to be uh, Barack Obama and whatnot. Man, tell me, what, like, what's the, what's one of, like, two top things that an artist or entertainer should do when it comes time to looking over these contracts and, and, and getting their talent out there? Um, um, first thing you gotta do is get yourself a lawyer. I mean, so look over the contract. Um, there's, there's no way you're going to understand these contracts unless you get a, a really good entertainment lawyer um, who knows the ins and outs of these contracts. Um, I'm talking publishing, royalties, everything that's, that's lined up in that contract because they'll put it out there for you just to give it to you and see what you're going to correct. If you don't correct nothing, that's on you. That's a hundred percent, one thousand percent, one million percent on you if you don't right. correct it. If right. you just go by, you know, you look like a trustworthy guy. I'm signing. You know, we're gonna work together. Yeah, of course. They're looking at you like you're you're the biggest damn fool ever. But it happens. It happens every day with contracts. It happened back in the day, and it happens now because people are so eager to get out there. People are so eager just to make money and to, and to live that life that they've seen in videos and on TV that they're not, they're not looking at the fine print. Right. Kind of like when you hear those commercials about you get a car, you can get a car with no money um, down. And then they start saying those words, whatever, whatever, whatever. you know what I'm saying, what they're saying. They're <laughs> right, right. They're telling you, you know, <laughs> you don't want right. to walk in and so. Um, it's the same thing with a record contract. Um, you, you just gotta 
you gotta you gotta get yourself a, a, a good lawyer to go over these contracts. Absolutely. You can't get a house lawyer. You know, you can't get that the lawyer that's attached to the company. It's <laughs> right. not gonna work. Right, right. You and know? that's and that's what she said. Um, you know, Megan put out a video on her on her live a couple of days ago, uh, almost a week ago, and she was saying, you know, she gave some advice to upcoming artists. You know, before you sign anything, like you said, cool, get a lawyer. And she said, make sure you get a lawyer that's not the, the label's lawyer. You get your own independent one so they don't you have that lawyer. Life. Yeah, man. And um, yeah. Um, but, and they'll, they'll and, come to you all all time of wherever you are. They come to you on the video set. Hey, sign this. They come to you while you're damn near sleeping. Hey, sign this. While you're coming off stage, hey, sign this real quick. Just just know something that says you, you will agree to this. No, I'm gonna get my lawyer to see this damn thing first. You understand? So they come, yeah. they come at you when you least expect it, when you're not thinking about nothing but having fun or taking care of business that's not related to a contract. They'll come to you in a strip club. Hey, sign this. I know you're having fun, but just sign this real quick. You know right. <laughs> right. That's right. Signing. You're signing yeah. everything away. And you know, you know, and you know what? You know, the messed up thing is. Um, a lot of these artists were signed because they're thinking about like you. You know, you remember back to our conversation we had on um, um, one of our earlier episodes. We were talking about rags to riches. You know, when it came to sports and hip hop, they have so right. much of a a similar story. You know, and so you think of an artist who might come from nothing. You know, the rags to riches right. definitely is a part of their their story. So it's like I don't have anything. I want to get my mom. Um, out of this situation, I'm gonna get my family out of this situation. So let me go ahead and sign. You know, um, I was listening, actually listening right. to Carl Crawford, um, you know, CEO of 1501. His, his, you know, he's a former base, you know, major league baseball star. You know, and he right. was saying that, and you know, the interviewer asked him, "What was the first thing you did with that? You know, your first money you got?" He said he got a million and five, like a million and a half dollars, his first contract um, coming out of the um, minor leagues. And um, he said the first thing he did was bought his mom a house. And he and a car got her a Benz, got himself a Lincoln Navigator or something like that, and just bought a house. And so that's right. what you know these 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 um, artists and you know once they get that that contract in front of them, that's the first thing they're thinking about. Not all of them, but that's the first thing they're thinking about. Let me get my mom. Let me get my family out of this situation. So there's that's why I started with the words ambition, talent, business at the beginning of this conversation because you know that's what the, that's all they have. You know what I'm saying is the talent, right. ambition, and hopefully people don't take advantage of the ambition that they have and slide these janky um, uh, um, contracts in front of them and, you know, get them to sign. Well, that's what and they're banking on, though. They're banking on. Yeah, exactly. They already know what you're going to do with the money. You're going to buy yeah. yourself some, some, some jewelry. You're going to buy, you have to, you got to buy, um, you got to buy the, the latest, hottest car that as soon as you drive it off the lot, it depreciates by damn near twenty to $30,000. You got to buy that. Right. Um, you gotta buy the uh, the condo that you can't afford, or, or rent out the condo that you can't afford. So the rental company already knows what they're dealing with. They know what you're gonna go out there and buy. Um, so they know you're gonna be coming back within like another year, not even a year, and saying, "Hey, you know, what's up with some advance money?" Because you right. went through that little million dollars within a, a, a couple of months. Right. You know. Yeah. Um. So they already know what they're dealing with. And, and yeah. they're banking on you coming back. They're banking on you signing shady deals, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's just yeah. the way it goes. Um, and they give you that advance, and then they get you into these deals. You know, I, I don't know if you're familiar out there, people that are listening with these 360 deals where everything revolves back to the label, whether it's your merchandising, right. whether it's your, your the Toys. money you make on the shows. <laughs> 
<laughs> your, your, you know, your, your royalties, all of that goes back to the label. And then you have to get what's left over, which will probably be pennies. And you still have to pay for, you know, uh, um, getting your music mixed and videos and all that stuff. So, yeah. um, and so you virtually can end up broke. Um, by selling millions. The reason of why I feel like a, a done city day, man. I'll be honest with you. The reason why I feel like a done city day, I think about the recording industry because the business wasn't taken care of. I don't know how much money we ever made. To be honest with you, I don't know how much money we ever made. I don't know how much money we were getting off tours. You and for, your, and for, the, for those out there that are, that are listening, they don't they don't know. It's time for you to know the person that's on the line talking about how much money that he he might have made or doesn't know. This is Cool Rock Ski from the legendary Fat Boys. You know what I'm saying? If you ever go back and look at the movie Disorderlies, go back and look at the movie Crush Groove. They are in that movie. Cool Rock Ski is a part of the legendary Fat Boys group. And he's just talking about, you know, uh, I just had to interject that. Go ahead. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a thing where. We had a five, six year run of selling average each album, um, eight seventy five to maybe nine hundred to fifty thousand copies average. You got some people right now who can't even do that in a four year run and sell that collectively, uh, nine hundred thousand. We were selling that averagely on, on right. the average. We were selling um, nine hundred fifty thousand um, albums. Um, sold out, sold out shows. Um, I'm not talking like no fifteen hundred seats. 2,000, sometimes like 25,000, 30-seat arenas, um, wow. headlining our own tours, um, merchandise. I mean, I mean, I look at some of the statements that come in every now and then with the royalties and the publishing. I look at all these these different publishing companies that's on the statement. I'm like, who are the hell are these people? Um, but how is this money being split? I mean... You don't know. You don't. It's like, right, right, right. It's like everything was like a freaking facade. Everything was like an oasis in the desert. Like it came and went so quick. And you don't a, know where can I ask the a money question, went. Not, not to cut you off, man, but I'm, I'm curious. Now that we're talking about, you know, how the money is split and when you're looking at this royalty statements and whatnot, there's the Fat Boys was a, a three member group. You know what I'm saying? With Prince Marky right. D, Cool Rocksky, and Buffy, rest in peace. Um, is his money being allocated in a proper way um, that you know of when it comes to um, our, our royalties from the music that, that were due to him? If he was here, he would get? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know I talked to his mother a few times about that. Um, I talked to his son. He has a son as well. His son's a recording artist. And I tell his son, is he getting the royalty checks is he getting the publishing checks and he said he's getting them, you know? Um, but it, it's like I told Mark me one night, um, I said, we have, we, we probably got millions of dollars floating around out there that we'll probably never ever see. Right. I said, you think about it. We were on an independent label and we were selling all these records. We don't know how much the label was making, you know? Uh, we don't, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's so, it, like I said, like somebody would mention Megan Thee Stallion um, is a comment on Facebook. And I said, at the end of the day, you got to pay to be successful. And I'm not talking blood, sweat, and tears. You got to pay money to be successful. That's how the music industry works. You have to pay to be successful. You have to pay to stay on top. That's right. 
you understand what I'm saying? So it's like you don't know what's going on behind the scenes because every time you get a dollar, that's the reason why it's getting two fifty, right? And handing you that dollar. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's, it's 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 such a shady shady business. I mean, it it um it made a lot of dreams come true for a lot of people. I would say that a lot of people who want to put their music out there and you know spread it to the world and you know there's nothing like going into the studio and somebody buying your product and liking it, you know, and you putting it out. Somebody say, "Oh man, I love this song. It changed my life." That's the beauty part of it. That's the beautiful part of it. Um, the dark side of it is, um, you know, you're never going to get what you're worth. <laughs> right. So right. that's the dark side of it. That's the dark man. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about a track, man, that I used to listen to. Um, it's by E40, legendary West Coast artist. It's called To Whom It May Concern. And he m- maps out in this song, you know, some of the things that record labels do and um, some of the things that artists kind of um, go through when, when they're signed to labels. I want to I go into that song right now. Um, it's called To Whom It May Concern off of his album called Loyalty and Betrayal that came out about 20 years ago, year 2000. And um, he's talking about, you know, um, the record company and, and, and how they kind of get down in certain situations. We'll be right back. This is Cool Rock Ski and DJ 360 right here on episode 12 of the 360 University podcast and where you yeah, can sure. find us all over the internet. We, we're, in the, we're in the building for sure. But let's go to this song right here, E-40, um, to whom it may concern. We'll be right back. Let's go. Shit, if the shoe fit well. This may concern all you rappers with all that fat in the bar. The industry is finicky, so let me make this clear. They have a new nigga next year. To whom this may concern all you rappers with all that fat in the bar. The industry is finicky, so let me make this clear. They have a new nigga next year. I know you're shining like a light. light. I know your record sales is politics and the and hype. I know you're boohooing because none of your royalty statements never had a check attached to them. Famous but unrecouped circumstances, many video margins, video budgets, and taking out advancements. Uh, March and September, that's quite a wise one. Oh, he get paid every 30 days, y'all. I ain't no lame, I'm different from y'all. I come from the guy, from the guy. I ain't gotta explain. I've been hella I've been hella I've been spitting game. I've seen you on the billboard. I saw you when you got that MTV award. Number one on SoundScan. Congratulations, player dude. Can I shake your hand? Shake my hand, how you been here now? Oh, it's like that. You sign on your folks now. Enjoy it while you're here. They have a new nigga next year. To whom this may concern. All you rappers with all that fat in the bar. The industry is finicky, so let me make this clear. They have a new nigga next year. To whom this may concern. All you rappers with all that fat in the bar. The industry is finicky, so let me make this clear. They have a new nigga next year. From the bay, don't support they rappers in the yay. Yeah, yeah. They figure we ain't real hip hop. They looking for some mainstream flip flop. But I ain't fist to sit down. Sit down. Wait for this shit to come back around. Shit, I just like to perch. I like to get out there and network. I just to fall off. I doubt it, shit. When niggas stop talking about me, that's what I'm going to war about. War if about I do, I'm a type to independent road. 100,000 units on the underground Playboy. That's ghetto ghetto. Never breaking a sweat. Slinging albums from the internet to the internet. Ain't nothing but respect here. Respect here. 
They have a new nigga next year. Don't just make concern. All you rappers with all that fat in the bite. The industry is finicky, so let me make this clear. They have a new nigga next year. To whom this may concern. Yeah, man, so to everyone that um, has any aspirations to be a part of this entertainment business, just do your homework, man, and, you know, don't like my like my grand like my dad said. Don't don't let anybody give you any wooden nickels. You know what I'm saying. So just, right. uh, you know, do your thing and be diligent. Oh oh, you know what? This episode is brought to brought to all of y'all, all to all of us, everybody who's listening. This episode is brought to you by Hella Hot Hot Sauce. Uh, my man Kyle out there in Cali, man. Hella Hot Hot Sauce, man. You used it? You used any of the sauce lately? I, I, I just had it last night. I just I had it this morning actually. I put some of my eggs. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll I, I be killing that hot sauce. That's some good yeah. stuff. Yeah, man, be looking out <laughs> for that, guys. It's it's hot, and once again, my my favorite one is the Cajun Tears, man, and and they got yeah. so many so many other. Yeah, it's 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 going down. So everybody, be paying attention to your local stores and be looking out for hella hot hot sauce. This is the Three Sixty University Podcast. Yo, cool, man. Um. Dwayne Wade's son, uh, uh, excuse me, Dwayne Wade's daughter is in the news, is on, is trending right now. She was just, uh, she just experienced her, this 12-year-old kid um, just experienced um, her first red carpet on Saturday at the uh, the Truth Awards, man. Um, That's a girl? Yeah, it's his son that had the... Sex, uh, not sex change, but she's now ident- he's now identifying as a female, you know. Um, um, named Zaya, you know what I'm saying? And um, little Bootsy had some comments about it, um, which I'm not going right. to replay on here because we're not about controversy. Um, but he, in so many words, was saying to Dwayne Wade not to let certain changes happen to his son, um, and. If you all out there have a comment or an opinion on this, you know, where uh, Dwayne Wade's son um, or, or daughter is concerned now, you know, in these days right. and times, we have to be very uh, cognizant of what's going on around us and, you know, the LGBTQ uh, community. And, um, you know, it's a topic out there that's being uh, touched on. Um, this, this kid is 12 years old and, and, and came to a crossroads in her life to where now um, you know, the, his son is now identifying as a young lady. So if you guys want to comment on that and it's something that's happening in the world, it could be happening in your family. It could be happening, you know, um, in your country, your city somewhere. So, and they, every, everyone deserves to be respected, you know, but let, let, right. let us, let us know what you think. Uh, send us an email or let it, or post us, get, leave us a comment on uh 360 university one on social media. Um, I also want to say rest in peace to Miss the legendary actress Miss Janae Dubois from Good Times. She played Wilona, man. I, she passed away yeah. on February fourteenth, February seventeenth, um, the night of the All Star Game, man. Michael Jordan's birthday, all that at once. You know, she passed away uh, on that day. Um, what was, yeah. Can you remember one of your favorite episodes from Good Times? Oh, I have so many. I, I honestly. 
to be honest, I, I like good times for the three seasons that the father was on there because it was just a, um, to see a father, the head of the household, and um, this dominating black man. Um, it represented my family, you know, because we had that in our household. Right. So um, it was just a really good show. Um, just to see um, a whole family just struggling together. And, and at the front of the household was a, a, was a black, a, a dominating black man who, who kept his family, you know, in check in a good way. So um, I just had really good, um, you know, after, after his character left, I really wasn't into the show as much. You know, I thought it was, um, it wasn't a good look to have a, a, a woman raising two sons and a daughter. I mean, I knew it happened. But um, that image that you saw on TV of, of a mother and father, you know, in the same household raising a family was was a beautiful image for black people. Absolutely. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, and I, she I played think... the neighbor to, to perfection. You know, she comes in the door and she was always stylish and beautiful. She was like right. the aunt that you that you seen come to the house. You know, who was exactly. single. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. She played. Um... You know, the I guess the foster parent or the adoptive parent of Janet Jackson's character back then, Penny. Right. You know so right. Rest, rest in peace. And to they Ms. touched on some good issues on that. Yeah, show. yeah, touched, absolutely. Touched on drug, drug use. Um, I remember J.J. went to jail once. Um, you know, he got shot once. You know, so they touched on some really good issues in that show. Right. Really groundbreaking, really good groundbreaking show. Yeah, and then, you know. Not and, of course, anybody loved them. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a very good show for the run that it had. Rest in peace to Esther Roll as well. And um, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and James, um, um, John Avery, his character, he's he's gonna be back. Did I just miss say? Did I say his name wrong? John Amos. <laughs> John Amos. Man, I'm tripping. I'm thinking of um. The father, the uh, the uncle, Uncle Phil. Fresh Prince. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the rest culture, man. Rest in peace man. to him we, as well. Yeah, rest in peace to him as well. Um, but John Amos, yeah, he's gonna be back in um coming to America too. Coming up, I think this year or next year they got a green light. You know, yeah, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, yeah that's gonna be see that movie. Yeah, I heard Steve Harvey's in it and Kevin oh, yeah. Hart. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, as long as they bring back Arsenio Hall and you know, some of the main characters that you can identify with and then put some new ones in there. I would like to see Mike Epps in there, too, at some, at, at some, in some capacity, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah. Especially the yeah. barbershop scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cat Williams. Yeah, all that. It's, it'll be hilarious, yeah. Um, hey, man, to close out this particular episode, um, I want to talk about one of my favorite groups in hip-hop history, um... Public Enemy, man. Um, it's it's come to you know social media that that uh, Public Enemy is 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 relieving um, Flavor Flav of his duties as part of the group. You know what I'm saying? Um, Chuck D. Right. And Flavor Flav are basically co-founders of the group. Um, and you know it started at Spectrum City back in the days in Long Island, and um, it turned into this massive. Um, very important group that was inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, um, right. you know, Chuck D is saying on social media, and I've never, and to be honest with you, I never thought that Public Enemy would get to the point where their inner workings of the group would be discussed on on social media. I just never thought that they would be that type of group to let, right. you know, 
social media infiltrate their group to where they starting to air out each other and throw each other uh, each, each other under the bus on social media. So I mean, Public Enemy, man, talk about their their um, impact on you, on the culture, and what you think Public Enemy means to society and the world as a whole, and then how this how this situation is is playing out, and what you think of that about that, cool. Oh man, I love public enemy. I don't like to see them air out their differences on social media either. But we have, you know, Professor Griff is, is on social media a lot. You know, he he had his own YouTube channel at one point. Um, surprisingly, Flavor Flav is not really on social media like that. You know, because um, he's the most outgoing one of the whole group. The one, the um, the so-called um, court jester. Court I, I never liked that word for him. But, right. you know, it's, it's a method to Flavor Flav's madness, and people just see the outside of Flavor Flav and the antics. They don't know the real, the whole deal about um, Flavor Flav and his um his contribution to Public Enemy, which is a real, real good marketing, marketing strategy that Public Enemy had, a smart marketing strategy. They only see the Flavor Flav that's being this, um, this so-called... Um, Dope Whatever in public. running around. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But much, um, I feel Flav like it's a more... really, really smart individual. Really, yeah, really absolutely. talented, smart individual. Uh, put and, that and out there. And he's about his business. I've I've met him a couple times right. in in real life, and he's behind the scenes when he's not on stage. He's like, okay, tell me where I need to be. No, this needs to be like this. I've actually heard him right. navigate himself in a business like manner, and then when he hits the stage. It's entertainment. It turns into the flavor flavor that we all know. But behind the scenes, yeah, I'm, I'm it's sure he's. Yeah, yeah. It's a character. Absolutely. And some people don't know how to separate facts from fiction or, or, or reality from, 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 from fantasy. And right. that's the problem of, that we have uh, with people on social media and people in the streets, period. They don't know how to separate the two. Um, that being said, Public Enemy is probably. I introduced um, Mark E.D. and Buff. Too public enemy when I heard Bum Rush the show, listening to it one night. Um, we were on our way on a, on a tour. I listened to the whole album, bought it to them. Um, you know, you got to hear this album, so this is sick. You know, when I heard Time Bomb, you know, yeah. and, and, oh man, Chuck D is probably has one of the most powerful, um, just probably one of the best as far as straight to the point lyricist I've heard since probably DMC, like just straight to the yeah, point, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And it, yeah. just has that strong voice. Yes, um, absolutely. So, and I ran into to Chuck one day. Um, I mean, I've spoken to Chuck many times and I ran into Chuck one day and we talked about, he said me a real interesting story about us and him and, and Hank Shocklin. And he ran down this whole story and he told me that they that we came to the college at Delphi in, in, in um, Long Island to do a show, and they were the ones who were promoting the show and got us out there to do this, this show at the college. And he said we came in. He said we. He said I'm older than you, Cool Rock. He said, but I'm, I was looking at y'all like y'all was like these older guys. And he said y'all came in. He said you probably don't remember this. He said y'all came in and y'all. Y'all went into the dressing room, you know, y'all sat there, the show, I mean, the show started, y'all went out there, performed, y'all came back um, to the dressing room, y'all shook hands with everybody, and y'all left like it was nothing. He said, right then, he said, I got to get signed because 
these brothers right here is like some upstanding, like professional, you know what I'm saying, entertainers. Right, right, right. And I never knew that. I mean, I, I never knew about the show about, in the Delphi in Long Island. And I said, wow, I never knew that. He said, and he also told me their whole marketing strategy came from us. He said, wow. we studied y'all marketing strategy. He said, that's how we, we went about our business, studying y'all marketing strategy. Wow. And, you know, and I just have so much respect for Chuck. I got so much respect for Flav. Because time you see Flav, it's like, Flav will break your neck if you don't pull him off you. Because he hugs you that hard. <laughs> you you right. actually break your neck. Like, right. So but I have so much respect for that group for what they brought to the forefront. I mean, they weren't on the verge of being, they were Black Panther on wax. You understand exactly. what I'm They were Black Panther on wax. And they were giving it to you what was going on. The CIA, your CIA kit, and both King and X. They got rid of both. Story untold, true but unknown. I mean, that was Terror Dome. It's probably one of the, 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 the greatest lyrical songs I've ever heard in my life. Yes. Terror Dome. And you listen to Terror Dome, you just, you just I mean, it, it's so busy. His lyrics, oh man, the crucifixion ain't no fiction. So called yes. throw, frozen, frozen. <laughs> that line right there speaks volumes. So called chosen, frozen. You know, I mean, it, it's it's just a shame to see what's going on in public. Yeah. It's like I told a cat who's um who's close to them, who's affiliated with them, who's really close to them, did a lot of songs with them and, and produced a lot of songs. And I said, I wish they would have did this behind the scenes as opposed to airing it out like that. Because I always, look, always put that, always put public enemy on a different standard from every rap group, you know. Um, right. I put and, them on, on a pedestal as far as hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? Like that—that's my group. That's like one of my favorite acts in the history of music. Period. Let alone hip hop. You know. Yes, sir. So it's just um, uh, absolutely. It's really bad to see what's going what's going on in, in public with them, right? You know. Yeah, in public, right? <laughs> and they right now they they're they're you know I think Flav, um, you know he had a lawsuit, you know, and it, and hopefully everything just pans out to where you know they're back to being a, a cohesive unit as much as possible. And um, we get back right. to, you know. Because they need it, one another, to be honest with you. In my opinion, they need one another. Absolutely. You know? Right. Yes. And so that's where it's at, man. Um, so we'll be back on episode 13 where we're going to, you know, we'll probably have an opportunity to um, recap some of the things we talked about this episode and, and see if there's any been, if there's been any changes or any resolution to um, to any of the um, um, issues that we presented. And, you know, we'll follow back up. But this is uh, um, a very important episode because we're just touching on some things that may be outside the hip-hop culture um, per se, but it also affects the hip-hop culture and it affects culture, period, um, all over the, right. uh, the globe. So um, be safe out there. We know the coronavirus is spreading. Do your, do your part to be safe, be diligent, and remain healthy. Um, keep your ear to the streets. Don't sign anything without reading it. And pay attention to what's going <laughs> on around you so that you can have conversations right. and be... Um, you know, be knowledgeable about both sides of the argument. You know what I'm saying? And um, so that's it. We're here, man. Episode 12 is in the bag. Cool. We're right here. 360 University podcast. And I want to end this particular episode with with a public enemy track um, that everybody should know. Um, Fight the power. Um, I could have went in and played that's a song true. that was, you know, one of the one of the big one of the deep hip hop head tracks that only, you know, really hip hop cats would know. Like like, um, um, you know, uh, Black Steel or 
you know, sophisticated B. You know what I'm saying? Off there, yeah. You know, <laughs> but we're going to play fight the power because there's a power out there that we have to fight as a people. And we could do it as we stand united. I heard someone say that you can you can't hurt somebody with a finger. You know what I'm saying? But if you ball that fist up and, and remain united, we can hit harder. You know what I'm saying? So let's Definitely. fight the power. Yeah. So um, you can find us everywhere that podcasts are played. And if you go to Sp Spotify, Apple, Google Play, iTunes, we're all over the place. And um, you can find us on social media, at on, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 360 University One. And tap in with us on email, 360upod, that's 360upod at gmail.com. You can hit us up, get in contact with me and Cool, and we'll reach back out to you and let you know exactly what time it is from the 360 University perspective, you know what I'm saying? But episode 12 is in the bag. I'm your international homeboy, the incredible DJ 360, along with my co-host. The legendary Cool Rock Steve from the legendary Fat Boys. Yes, yes, y'all. And we'll be back. Episode 13. Peace. Yet our best trained, best educated, best equipped, best prepared troops refuse to fight. Matter of fact, it's safe to say that they would rather switch than fight. Self-defense.